Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Ridge Community Church Podcast. My name is John. I'm one of the pastors on staff at the Ridge, and our vision is to bring the hope of Jesus into every home. So as a piece of that, our goal each week is to bring you something that's hopeful and helpful. So subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any hopeful and helpful conversations. Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening to this week's podcast episode. If you find today's conversation hopeful or helpful, well, then I want to invite you to subscribe or follow this podcast and rate and review this episode so that more people can hear the conversation. For this episode, I was joined by a couple of staff members at The Ridge, Joe and Angie. And something that I really appreciate about both of them is that they're both really good at seeking out and recommending resources for people to grow in their faith. And I've gotten their input on a lot of different projects that I've worked on for that very reason. Now, one thing that I know people often struggle with is just connecting with God. And so one really helpful thing to help remedy that is by using a resource called a spiritual pathway. So what is a spiritual pathway? What are the different types? Well, Joe and Angie share about the pathways, how they've seen it be helpful for themselves and others, and how you can figure out what your pathway is. This is my conversation with Joe and Angie. Well, hi, Joe and Angie. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, John. Thanks for having us today. Thanks for having us, John. Yeah, would you mind, maybe we'll start with, with Angie, would you mind just sharing, you know, what, what you do at the Ridge? Yeah, John, um, I'm Angie. I work at the Ridge and I help people get connected um, into groups and um, into like serving at the Ridge. I serve in Next Steps. I also um, oversee and help coordinate various events like our after parties and help with some of our leadership development. Awesome. And Joe, how about you? Yeah, so I work closely with our Ridge groups, uh, do a lot of things behind the scenes, leadership development with Ridge group leaders and uh, forming new groups, uh, helping people get connected to groups. And then also uh, some things that we're doing uh, for Ridge Micro um, and helping people just live out their faith and their in their context and live on, uh, partner with their ones and what God's doing in their life, their ones as well. That's awesome. I, I know that uh, personally, it's been super fun because I get a chance to, whether it's through a podcast or through other, other means, really try to connect people with resources and things like that to help them grow in their faith. And you both are such a fun resource for me because I know that that's something that's like in your mind all the time and uh, just constantly asking those questions like, ooh, can we have a resource for this? Do we need one? Well, ooh, I have one in mind. Will this work? Why is that something that's been important to you? Providing resources to people is important to me because I want them to know Jesus. And then I also want them to grow in the relationship with Jesus and providing the right kind of resources can be really a game changer. Uh, I remember when I first began following Jesus and it was exciting, but I also had a lot of questions. I was fortunate that God provided individuals who guided me at, you know, on this journey and provided resources um, for me to grow. And um, it just, there's just so, like having the right resource um, can really help people on their faith journey. Was, was there one in particular that was shared with you or connected with you that you're like, ooh, this is good and has become maybe not a go-to, but one that you like sharing with others? Yeah, uh, there's a book called The Stranger on the Road to Emmaus, and it's a chronological view, um, the story of the Bible. And it just laid a good foundation of all the little stories in the Bible and, and it gave them meaning and significance, which pointed 
for the need, why I even needed to um, have Jesus in my life. Mm, I'm going to have to throw that in the show notes then. <laughs> Jill, how about you? Yeah. Um, which question? Uh, why, why I like providing resources or resources that's been helpful for me? Ooh, we're gonna, we're gonna make, I'm making you both. How about that? Okay. Yeah. As far as like why I like to provide resources for people and help help equip people with resources is I know that there's just so much more to faith and walking with Jesus than what most people get out of it or experience on a regular basis. So how, how can we help people just live out the life that God's intended for us? Because uh, there's just so much more to it. It's much richer and, than what we could imagine. And so whether that's helping people uh, connect with their ones and learn how to do that or helping people grow in their faith and or help people be a better husband or father uh, in a biblical way. Uh, all those are things that I love seeing for people and for God to do in and through people. Yeah, as far as like some resources that's been helpful for me, um, I find, you know, so I, I lean a little bit more intellectual. So there's a number of different books that, that I do like to read, but probably more importantly for me, the resources that have been helpful for me is uh, just connecting with people that are just part of the community around me, my ones and influencing them. Uh, that's when I see things just really ignite within me. I, God ignites my passion. And uh, then it's not just about learning, it's about living it out, which is so much more impactful. I love that. I, I imagine too, so, and we're going to get into this in just like a, like a little bit with our discussion, but you almost have to have the, the desire to learn or to I don't want to say activate, but act on. That's a much better way to say it. To act on the stuff that you're reading. Otherwise, it just becomes like theoretical knowledge. Is that a, is that a fair assessment? Definitely. Yeah. I think there's, you know, far too often it's easy for us to be educated beyond what we're willing to live out or, or be obedient to, which is what God designed it the other way, that we can live in obedience and uh, live out what we're learning. I think a great resource for individuals are the YouVersion Bible plans. And what's nice about those is that you can do those with people and you can ask questions and you can share things that you're learning as you're going through those plans. And I like to do those with various people, especially those that I'm discipling. That's great. Yeah, I know that uh, YouVersion Bible app plans have been super helpful for me in my own faith journey. And and following them has been really helpful as a fun way to, I think, engage with the Bible in a, in a different way than um, maybe historically has ever been available. So, so uh, let's uh, set the stage here. <laughs> um, I learned about these things called uh, spiritual pathways oh, uh, maybe a couple a year or two ago. Um, and it was really fascinating to me because they were kind of talking about just different ways that you connect with God and how, you know, a Sunday morning service has like maybe a couple ways that you connect with God. And if you don't kind of figure out different ways and that doesn't really work for you super well, you're almost out of luck. Uh, so I'd love to chat with you guys about the spiritual style, sacred pathways, whatever you, I don't know what your favorite phrase is for them. Um, but could you guys give maybe a, a brief overview of, of what a spiritual pathway is? Maybe Jill, you want to start? You want to start? 
Yeah. You know, so there's nine different spiritual pathways and a spiritual pathway is just how God's uniquely designed us to connect with him. And there's some primary ways that God's designed each of us connect with him and probably some secondary and ancillary ways that God's designed us connect with him. And you may find that it changes in different seasons throughout your life. I know it has for me, uh, but there tends to be one or two primary ways that God has wired me, designed me to connect best with him. And so some of the different, you know, spiritual pathways, uh, naturalists, uh, naturalist is someone that draws near to God through nature and experiences God best when they're connected to nature. Another pathway is sensate and sensate isn't a word that we hear very often. And no, I'm like, what? That's sensate? That like that's not how I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, that, that's just someone that draws near to God through the use of the five senses. And so, you know, there might be someone that likes to burn incense or um, possibly share a meal with someone, um, you know, different things like that, where, or they can connect with God through the senses. And next, another spiritual pathway is traditionalist. A traditionalist is someone that draws near to God through ritual and symbol. Um, so some rituals like fasting could connect well with a traditionalist. Uh, next pathway is the ascetic. An ascetic is someone who draws near to God through solitude and simplicity. So maybe like to be alone and just listen in silence to God or, or have a conversation with God in silence and cut everything out, all the noise out in the world around you. An activist is another spiritual pathway. An activist drawn near to God through bringing about social change. Uh, you know, they're concerned primarily with what the church is doing in the community, whether it's uh, through justice causes or through evangelistic efforts. And another pathway is caregiver. And caregivers draw near to God through caring for people, serving people, and they see God best once when they experience that, once when they're caring for other people and they connect well with God. Another pathway is the enthusiast. An enthusiast draws near to God through celebration and mystery, and uh, which is just very different. It's an enthusiastic way of connecting with God. Uh, it could be through thanks and praise and things of that nature. And then another pathway is the contemplative. The contemplative draws near to God through personal adoration, part, heartfelt devotion, uh, things of that nature. Um, it could be, you know, very different where they, they really contemplate God and who he is and focus on his character and focus more on him and uh, thinking through that. And intellectual, intellectuals near to God through their minds. So they may connect with God best through reading uh, different books or scripture or things of that nature and experience God mostly through kind of through with their mind first and connect well with God that way. And those are just quick overview of the nine different pathways. There's a lot of different ways that each of those can look um, as far as if, hey, if that's your pathway, there's different ways that you can lean into that. Ooh, that's, that's, that's a good point. So if uh, somebody's listening right now, they might be wondering, okay, so there's all these different pathways and maybe they just like, in my mind, they just kind of exist and don't like change anything, right? Why should someone care about maybe figuring out what their pathway is? Like, how would it change their life? What do you think, Angie? Well, um, a spiritual pathway just are ways that people connect naturally with God and then they grow spiritually. And what feeds one person's soul 
um, can be a distraction to another. And so discovering what your pathway is, your spiritual pathway, is just you really identifying how do you naturally connect with God? And I used to think when I was first following Jesus, I would look at other people and think, am I doing it right? And it's not a right or wrong way to connect with God. He's designed us just on purpose, for purpose, um, to connect with him. And um, just learning when, for me, learning about my spiritual pathway was liberating. It was, um, it allowed me to kind of connect with God and worship him and grow in a way that he designed me uniquely to do so. It helped me to understand and experience God in deeper ways. And then it helped me just to embrace the unique ways that I interact with God. And James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I think with the spiritual pathways, it well, well, first of all, I want to just explain that James is talking to followers here when he says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And then what, how I see that is that um, James is encouraging or urging us to really be actively pursuing God. And when we pursue God, it helps us to really um, get to know him and just understanding the ways that we connect with God helps us to grow. For me, um, I tend to be a naturalist and an intellectualist, and I experience God in deeper ways when I'm outside and interacting with nature. Um, and um, with, like with going to botanical gardens and seeing God's beauty and creation and diversity just helps me to see him as creator. And and um, going outside and looking at the stars at night when you're away from the city, you look up and to me, it's hard not to say the heavens do declare the glory of God. And it, it just, I see him in, um, in like a deep personal way when I'm out in nature and that's how I connect with him. As an intellectual, as I gain understanding and new insight, it um, is exciting because for me, I see how God is, a, you know, is detailed and um, he created me with a mind that is detailed and, and it just helps me to understand just a little bit more of how much he loves me and um, how much he cares about the little things. That's really great. Thanks for sharing those things, Angie. Uh, I'm curious, has there been, has there been a shift in how you try to connect with God from before you found out to after you found out, if that question makes sense? Yeah, that's a great question. So as I was learning about the spiritual pathways, it gave insight into a little bit of when I was growing up. So I grew up attending a church that was more um, ritual. And what I found with the, with that is I don't really connect God with, um, through ritual and he seemed growing up, God seemed more distant and almost unattainable. Like the thought of having a personal relationship with God seemed, um, not realistic or attainable. And so when, when I was 
grew up and I was able to explore my faith for me, I left that ritual way and I was able to experience God in a more personal way. And that's when I began my relationship of really following Jesus. And, and then um, that's when I was able to understand that there's no wrong way to connect with God. He's designed me the way he's designed me. And I'm not a sit down, read the Bible for 20 minutes, then pray for 20 minutes kind of person. I really like um, putting some worship music on and walking outside, walking around a botanical garden or arboretum and going on a hike um, on a mountain trail and um, just really experience God's presence in my life. And uh, I also enjoy reading and listening to audiobooks that help me to really understand the, the, the deep things that some people might not really find interesting. Yeah, it's, I think that's one of the really cool things about different churches. You know, there's different churches that I think are uniquely wired to connect uh, God with different people. And so you definitely there's, you know, more traditional uh, to use a you know, deep religious term, liturgical, a more liturgical church. Um, and people, there are people that really connect that way. I think they really find themselves in that traditionalist uh, pathway. And so I love that you're talking about how like, you know, just one, just because it wasn't like the right fit for, for you, Angie, doesn't necessarily mean it isn't a way that it connects with others. But at the same time, if you're experiencing that type of environment or have tried that type of environment in the past and you didn't feel like it connected with you, there's hope on the other side of connecting a different way. Uh, Joe, would you yeah. mind sharing what are your, what are your pathways and maybe how has that affected how you attempt to connect with God? Yeah. So for me, um, like I said, some of my pathways have changed over time, uh, but nature has always been huge for me and how I connect with God in nature, which gets really tough to do in Wisconsin winter. Uh, <laughs> you, don't connect, was, you don't connect through snow? You don't connect through snow? Right? No, not, not nearly as well as I do in the other months. So, <laughs> yeah, so I lean on some of my secondary pathways uh, during this time of year. But uh, yeah, I experience God best uh, in nature, similar to what Angie was saying, except I like being around water and rivers and lakes and things of that. Because um, there's just something about that connection that I, that I experience God the best. And through fish, right? I think that's, <laughs> that's the other one, right? Yeah, I, I enjoy fly fishing um, in, or fishing, any type of fishing, really, but fly fishing, wading in the river, things of that nature where I can just be outdoors and fast moving water, the better, because um, it just reminds me so much of uh, personality of God, how creative God is, uh, this unstoppable force. And there's just so much, so much that I can gain from being in nature that connect with God and his creation. But another way that I connect with God um, you know, like Angie, intellectual has been important for me, but in this season, what I've, what I've noticed is intellectual has dropped more and mm. it's no longer my secondary pathway. Uh, in fact, now uh, activism is more my secondary pathway. And the reason for that is, is more so because I'm generally concerned about, and, you know, God's really put a burden on my heart for my ones and people in my life that, that don't know Jesus. Um, and so that's something that for me has really risen up and changed over time and knowing that, hey, faith is something that's designed to be lived out in the world around us. There's people all around us that need to experience life the way that God has intended it 
and create it. And he uses us to help point those people toward him. Uh, so that's something that, and I experience God best once when, once when I'm doing that, once when my life is cut off of influencing people around me, then it normally feels a little bit more dry because it begins to focus more on just me and me and my relationship with God, which for me, isn't enough to keep me connected and experience God in the best way. Um, Especially if you have connection with God through water. I mean, you definitely want those dry spells, right? Sorry. That's a a terrible joke, terrible joke, but I couldn't resist. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so someone is hearing this and they're like hearing these lists of pathways and things like that. And what, how does somebody figure out like what their pathway is, right? Like, you know, because you mentioned, I think that there's a couple really, there's a couple ones that I think are really, really more natural and you might be able to tell really quickly. The other ones might be more challenging to kind of discover. And so would you encourage like a trial and error process? What would you encourage? Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely try some of them out. Uh, there's also some assessments that you can take. Uh, there's the spiritual pathways assessment. We can probably drop a link or point you to that. Um, yes, we can. And that's something that I like to do with group leaders. Uh, I have them take the spiritual pathways assessment. We have it for where both groups and individuals can take this pathway. Because the reason why it's so important, once when you discover how God's uniquely wired you to connect with him, then you can begin to lean into that. And what I found is sometimes I can combine a spiritual discipline with a spiritual pathway. So for instance, you know, maybe for me, my primary pathway isn't reading the Bible. If that's you, if your primary pathway isn't reading the Bible or prayer, that doesn't mean that you don't do those things. It's still important that you do those. But if you combine them with a pathway of how God's uniquely wired and designed you to connect with him, then it brings a whole new richness and depth and meaning and connectivity with God through that. In fact, there's several ways that God uh, consistently, regardless of our pathway, has designed us to connect with him. He says that we are to love God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul and all of our strength. And so it's through those four things that we connect with God. So it's not just through the mind and you neglect everything else or not just through your soul where, where you experience him and ignore everything else, but God's designed to affect all, all those different things with him and experience him in a rich and depth, in-depth way. Hmm. So have you had, so both of you kind of connect into I think similar ways. Have you had conversations with people that maybe have connected in different ways and what does it look like for them? Well, I think with a, an, an enthusiast, they connect through, um, they connect with God through celebration and uh, um, the excitement and mystery. And this is one that with a, a friend of mine that is a newer follower of Jesus um, we've been talking through what that looks like. Um, and she is more reserved, but then has, um, tendencies where, you know, like she, how she connects with God. And I think with this one, what I'm seeing is with an enthusiast, they, uh, like to create pockets of prayer of, you know, pockets of times of prayer and, um, just really learning to trust God to come through in unexpected ways. And I feel like that is an area that myself I'm exploring, but also, um, I'm, you know, like, I feel like she is also exploring that. And uh, I don't know, it was probably a couple of years ago, uh, her father-in-law, um, was super sick, uh, and needed, uh, an immediate heart transplant and couldn't leave the hospital with until he had one. 
And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, yeah, God can provide a heart, but will he? And, um, and so my friend and I, we began to pray for her father-in-law and uh, we, we were earnestly praying and, you know, really trying to, tr- you know, like trust God that whatever was, whatever was his will would be, but also hoping that he would provide the heart. And it was, it really was a time where we were really leaning in and just trusting God. And what happened was God provided a heart in a, a miraculously short amount of time. And her father-in-law is still alive today. And wow. uh, I think, yeah, wow. It, it was really powerful. <laughs> and I think for me, it was very humbling because I knew God could, but I think deep down, I was like, I just don't think it's going to happen. And it, it's times like that where it's uh, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. And then uh, it's, God's infinite wisdom and power and just seeing him shine through this. And it really strengthened my friend's faith. And, um, and now we, um, we're praying for big things and it's exciting to see her faith grow in really big ways and helping her to see who God really is and how much he loves her. And so, um, one thing I would recommend, I know Joe suggested a next step could be the spiritual, um, the sacred pathways like assessment. But one thing that might be a next step for you, if you are leaning into what we're talking about today, would be to check out a book called Sacred Pathways by Gary Thomas. And it, it's a it's a good read. It, it goes through and explains the different pathways. But I also, um, if you're not a reader and you just tuned me out when I recommended a book, <laughs> I'd also recommend Gary Thomas, um, looking him up on YouTube because he has YouTube videos where he talks through the different pathways and it just might be a way to explore that and help you to grow. That's really good. Maybe we, we can link to some of those things in the show notes. Very good. So uh, one question I have is just, so say, okay, we'll use your as an example, naturalist, right? So you connect with God through nature, right? So when you're out, like, how do you make it so that you're actually connecting with God when you're out in nature and you're not just, you know, Joe, I'm gonna pick on you. You're not just like, oh yeah, I'm gonna connect with God, AKA I'm catching this trout, you know? Like, (laughs) how do you... How do you actually use that time to connect with God um, instead of having it just be kind of doing something love? Not that that's bad, of course, but how do you really use it to its full advantage? Yeah, and that's a great question. And in fact, uh, you know, this past year I had a sabbatical and um, here being at the Ridge for eight years and going into my sabbatical, that was one a question that I wrestled with because, you know, my, I was working with a coach that's walking me through my sabbatical and, uh, you know, he's talking about just some of the different rhythms that I do of connecting with God and talk about, hey, I, how I love experiencing God in nature. And, he, and as I'm talking about, you know, my time with God and doing things that I enjoy doing, he's like, you know, those two things don't need to be different like you can you can integrate those like your time with god could be 
spending time doing the thing that God's designed you to enjoy doing. And uh, which then, you know, just awoken me to a new way of connecting with God uh, that, hey, just by being out in nature, I can experience God. So it takes a little bit of mindfulness, being aware. Um, but if that's how God's uniquely designed you to connect with him, you become more aware of his presence. You become more tuned into the, the different things. Uh, so you have to push back past some of the distractions and uh, letting your mind wander or drift and be more aware, more attentive to God's creation, experiencing God through the air, through the sun and every, everything else that he's created to be part of nature. And that's, for me, then it brings me toward an attitude of appreciation, uh, almost worship, per se, of connecting with God, and then often toward prayer or remembering, remembering scripture or reflecting on a scripture that's related to what I'm experiencing, uh, both either through nature or in the connection with God during that time. That's really good. Uh, uh, last question. Um, something you mentioned earlier on that I wanted to come back to Angie was just the idea that if you like the wrong, I hate to even say it this way, the, the, the sacred pathway that doesn't really connect for you might actually be a distraction for you was something that you mentioned. Uh, how do you figure that out? How do you figure out like what's the wrong pathway? Like how do you figure out if that's actually a distraction for you? You think? Yeah. Uh, John, that's a great question. I think as you, like what I would encourage everyone to do is to take the assessment and see where how you score and then do some investigation, whether you read the book uh, by Gary Thomas, Sacred Pathways, or if you watch some of the YouTube videos by Gary Thomas, and then see what that looks like in real life uh, and how it plays out for you. And uh, like I used to think you might be doing it wrong, but you're not. So you're just finding ways that you naturally connect with God. And so as you kind of navigate through that, you're going to see kind of where your sweet spot is. And you're going to see like, hey, I just I just experienced God in a different way. And uh, try new things out. And as you grow in your relationship with God, there's going to be seasons where um, just like in any relationship, um, there might be some challenges, there might be times where you don't feel close to God. And so maybe uh, that would be a time just to explore one of the other pathways. And Joe mentioned this when he was on sabbatical, that he was looking at different ways to um, explore how he was connecting with God. And, and so if you're new to following Jesus and walking with God, you know, just uh, take the assessment and see where you land and just explore that a little bit. If you've been walking with Jesus for a long time and you're feeling like it's just a little dry and you just don't feel very close to him, take the assessment, look at some of the resources and then try out something new. Uh, find somebody that you'd want to talk to about this with and have them go through um, connecting with God with you in, in these different ways. And, and like I said before, uh, when I first started following Jesus, I thought maybe I was doing it wrong, but you, you're not going to do it wrong. You're just going to grow in the deepness um, of your relationship with, with God and, and learn more and more how to connect with him in the ways that are meaningful to you. 
I love that. That's really good. Well, um, like Angie and, and Joe said, we have an, we're going to have an assessment in the show notes for, for everyone listening to take and figure out, hey, how can you connect with God in a way that's more natural to you if you haven't been connecting? Um, or you know what? You just want to grow a little bit closer, which I think all of us would say that's an amazing thing to do. Uh, thank you both so much for, for hopping on the podcast and chatting about this stuff. Thank you, John. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, John. Well, that was my conversation with Joe and Angie. And on the knowledge side, I think that this conversation serves as a great reminder that if you have how you're trying to connect with God is challenging, it doesn't mean you're a bad Christian or anything like that. It might just mean that you need to try something different that fit it fits into how God has uniquely wired you. We'll have lots of links and resources in the show notes so you can try out practical steps of taking the spiritual pathways test or reading the book that it's based on. Thanks for listening and make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss any hopeful or helpful conversations.